welcome to the Healthy Catholic Moms podcast, where we make moving and nourishing our bodies a priority so that we not only fulfill our vocations, but excel in our callings. I'm Brittany Pearson, a Catholic wife, mom, and personal trainer, and I'm here to help you build healthy habits that actually fit your life. I am here to teach you how to get the results that you want and maintain the results that you want without spending hours at the gym or meal prepping all weekend long. I understand. I am right here with you, getting my workouts done in the nooks and crannies of time, looking up recipes while nursing babies, and trying to prioritize my own health amidst everything else going on. But I have really good news for you. You can get the results you want in less time without doing hours of cardio and restrictive dieting. I am going to teach you how to use strength training and eating in a macro balanced way to get you feeling so good in your skin, full of energy and strong to carry out your life, okay? (laughs) On this podcast, we'll delve into how to lose fat in a simple, sustainable way, what your workouts and nutrition should look like during different seasons of life, like during pregnancy and postpartum times, We'll also discuss healthy, quick meals and how to get them on the table, make food that kids will actually want to eat, mom hacks for making your day run more smoothly, and so much more. All the while with continuous encouragement to stay the course and live with discipline. This is a place where we're striving to steward our bodies well in order to joyfully serve. I am so happy you're here. Let's dive in. Hey, beautiful people. Welcome to today's episode. Thank you so much for being here. If you have been with me a long time, you will not be surprised at all about me talking about protein and the importance of protein. But if you are newer and you're like, okay, this conversation, maybe in a couple of minutes is going to go a little bit too over your head and a little bit too like, why are we even talking this much about protein? I would encourage you to go back and listen to some episodes that talk about the importance of protein, ways to get protein in, because I really am. I don't think an episode goes by probably that I don't talk about how important protein is for fat loss and maintenance and at different phases of our lives too. Like I am pregnant recording this and protein. This is really interesting. I just had a client coaching call last week and we were chatting about um, her, uh, getting together a game plan for her. I came up with a game plan for her. She's not currently postpartum. She was like a year postpartum. But when we were talking about what would be the best strategy for her, we were chatting about if this was prior to the uh, September fat loss challenge starting. I have an eight-week fat loss challenge that I usually encourage beginners to do. And then I have a monthly workout group, the Chasing Greatness group. And we we're talking about the difference between the two because she really wanted to do one of them. And she listens to the podcast. So shout out to you if you're listening. (laughs) And I said, you know, as much as I do encourage the eight week fat loss challenge for people who are newer to me, I was hesitant with her because she had so much else going on, like so many things that were taking up mental space and like actual schedule time, whatever that I said, you know what? I do not think learning the balance of macros is the right fit right now. So I was just asking, you know, if she was familiar with enough doing like a visual plate, if she could just kind of think about looking at her plate, this is a carb, this is a fat, this is a protein, making sure she balanced out those meals just visually. Now, nobody could do this. I actually did just do an episode not too long ago about the difference between using macros, like tracking your macros actively or eating intuitively. This is something big. Like I basically was trying to feel out if she could eat intuitively. 
Now she could, and she mentioned like why she, there was a lot of reasons why she was familiar with nutrition and different, you know, she had a variety of experience eating different ways. Paleo was, you know, something that she had done before, but she mentioned specifically that her doula encouraged her. I hope I'm not putting the words in your mouth. It was either your doula or your midwife um, about the importance of eating protein during pregnancy and protein, protein, protein. And I've heard this on other pregnancy podcasts as well. And I love that. So even there in all seasons of life, we can, you know, have heard and can hear if you look for the research that protein is super important. Okay. Now, interesting, because when I went to deep dive into this, I've been listening to different podcasts and health leaders in this um, area as well, kind of diving more into the different kind of proteins and how they affect our bodies. Because this was actually spurred on also by a listener who asked if I could do an episode about making a complete protein if you are trying to eat more plant-based. And this kind of spiraled everything. So thank you. Seriously, a lot of these things come from you and ideas. But in my quest to do research for this episode in particular, again, I've been just like gathering information, listening to things. I wasn't always jotting um, notes down or, you know, looking up where they came from. I would just hear some expert talk about it and like, oh, that's an interesting study and didn't write it down, you know? So I was looking for some actual research to share with you ladies. And I do have some websites and things I'm going to reference. However, I will say that the current vibe out there is a big old push for plant-based and a big old push for, you know, if you're eating animal protein, you're probably killing the planet and you're probably a terrible person, all these things. Now, obviously we all have our own preferences and that is beautiful. And that's something wonderful about the world that if you enjoy eating in a plant-based way, or you do it for whatever reasons you want to do it. I've shared before, we do, we are carnivores around here. We do eat meat. We do eat vegetables. So we're not like straight carnivores. I'm just joking around. Um, so that is just not the way we tend. We do get most of our protein from animal sources. And then we supplement with other things like dairy, like, um, beans and whatnot. And I did do, like I said, an episode recently about how to try to make a complete protein from plant-based sources. But I just want to tell you that, that when you even try to look down this rabbit hole yourself, the big push in society right now is against animal protein. And I don't think that's just because this is not a political podcast and I (laughs) am not trying to make it one. I'm just saying, I don't think the push is necessarily because those experts or so-called experts believe that animal protein is bad for you or is, um, there's been a lot of, you know, there's been a lot of myths and, and things that have been debunked through the years of, okay, like red meat definitely causes high cholesterol. Okay. Is it red meat or is it also all the other things you're doing? Like high carb, high fat, a sedentary lifestyle, like lots of stuff or like, is it okay to have red meat in, you know, moderation, that kind of stuff. So this is not the point of my podcast today. And I'm not going to pontificate on what I think about animal protein versus plant protein. I just want to encourage you to do your own research, follow the thought leaders and experts that you feel good about and to like give you, you know, everybody has some skin in the game, I feel like, and has something to, um, be gained from you either being panicked about one or encouraged by one. And I would just encourage you to do your own research, 
draw your own conclusions and do what's best for you and your family. I will just say like I, how I felt researching this was how I felt when I discovered that there are like, this was back when my mom has had cancer a couple times. And there was one time when I was trying to look up like anti-cancer diets and like better nutrition choices for people who have cancer cells in their body and all these things. And so many things came up that are very known to be inflammatory, like high sugar things like yogurt and this and that, but did not specify like not sugar, blah, blah, blah. And then you look at some of the, you know, companies that are sponsoring Susan Komen or whatever American Cancer Association stuff. And I'm like, well, that's why this is on the list. So it's kind of along those lines is what I'm saying. And I probably just opened up a whole can of worms. It's fine. You can email me your thoughts on this. I, it is a, it's a big discussion. One that I don't have a ton of time, space and energy for, but where I think that we just need to be aware and be, um, informed so we can make our own decisions for our own families. But there's, you know, it's, there's a lot of marketing and sales and things that go into, you know, what hand is feeding, what association and all that stuff. But all right. First little source here was WebMD and WebMD.com tells us that animal proteins are complete proteins. Okay. So what that means, if something is a complete protein is that it has all the essential amino acids that you need. So you don't need to try to complete them in any way. You're good to go. Uh, plant proteins are often, but not always incomplete sources of protein. I also like how they worded that (laughs) already. Like they, it made it sound like it was, they were going to say complete, but no, most often plant proteins are not complete. You have to kind of work to try to pair different ones to complete them. And then according to webmd.com says benefits of animal protein, better weight control, lower risk of type two diabetes, lower risk of heart disease, et cetera. Very interesting that they even put lower risk of heart disease on here because I do think that's usually cited in favor of plant-based. Now, when I looked up healthline.com, an article there, it essentially said the exact same things. So same benefits, same basic information of, I I did feel like, again, I'm not going to dwell on this the whole time, but like it was pulling teeth to get the line that animal protein is complete and that it actually has positives because so much else just came up encouraging you to not eat animal protein. Um, now Apollo nutrition.com. Now they have, they are a supplement company. So obviously you're going to like take that with a grain of salt, but they were talking specifically about whey protein and how whey provides the initial spike in muscle protein synthesis. So this was really interesting to me. This was what I had heard mentioned on different podcasts that again, I hadn't um, heard honestly previously, my husband and I have always told, um, for those who are newer, my husband is a trainer also he does something else for full-time work now. But when we met, we were both trainers. And so for years, we've talked about this kind of stuff all the time <laughs> and he's been on the podcast before and all that jazz. But, um, forever we've told our clients to, uh, that whey protein is the best. Um, and when you ladies ask me like, what kind of protein should I use? What's the best protein supplement? I always say whey isolate. It is a complete protein and all that jazz. It is an animal protein. So, you know, for those that handle it well and all that, and it's dairy. So, you know, for those that tolerate dairy, I've always said whey. And then for those who don't want dairy or don't want an animal protein, then I suggest plant-based as an alternative, but always say that whey isolate is, you know, preferred. What was really interesting is that like different proteins that I've used or I've seen, and I'm talking protein powders now 
have been a mix of whey and casein or whey in this or whatever. And what I'd heard on, I think it was on Dr. Gabriel Lyons podcast. One of the experts she had on was talking about how every single morning he has the same shake that he's had for like years and years and years. And he has whey protein in it because it is the fastest, uh, not fastest digesting, but the fastest, um, it provides the quickest spike in muscle protein synthesis. So what muscle protein synthesis is, is it's just the process of your body creating or maintaining muscle. So, um, there's also theories on this and research that's like, you can only spike muscle protein synthesis however many times a day and in whatever windows. This is why a lot of people like bodybuilders and whatnot will eat small meals throughout the day with 25 to 30 grams of protein rather than having a huge meal of 100 grams of protein. They're looking to spike muscle protein synthesis multiple times throughout the day. So all this to say, ApolloNutrition.com basically said this, and this is where I was basically looking for validation of like, okay, I've heard experts talking about this recently. And I do think there is... um it seems like there's a lot of research that supports this, that whey specifically gets that muscle protein synthesis going for you. So um, very interesting because that maybe is worth your time in making sure that you have whey in the rotation if you can. I know I've said before that I think supplements should be to supplement whole food. And also interesting because I don't know for a fact if like the whey that's in milk, if you'd get the same muscle protein synthesis from having whey just in milk or whey in yogurt. I have not gone down that rabbit hole yet. (laughs) So that'll be another interesting angle to pursue. But I found that kind of made me think like, okay, I've always said, if you get enough protein from your diet, you don't need to supplement with like a protein powder or something like that. But here I was hearing several health experts saying that they just start their day with a shake because it was the fastest to spike this muscle protein synthesis and get their bodies started in that way. So very interesting. Okay. Maybe this is only interesting to me, but either way, (laughs) a couple more things for you. Healthline.com did say as well, 10 evidence-based health benefits of whey protein. Okay. Whey. So again, this is typically going to be in, we're usually talking about a supplement here. That's whey protein. Whey is a complete high quality protein that contains all the essential amino acids in addition, it's very digestible, absorbed by your gut quickly compared with other types of protein. This is so interesting because like if you're having a slower digesting protein, that could be why you're not feeling full very fast where, and this is crazy to me because I do it. I thought it was just a pregnancy thing. I've had shakes, you know, all throughout my years randomly. I'll go seasonal with it where I have shakes. I don't And I've been making shakes again, this pregnancy, I didn't in the first trimester, but I have since then. And I've been getting so full and that is obviously a pregnancy thing too, but it's pretty early in my second try that I couldn't even finish a shake. And, you know, I, I am using whey and sometimes I've used plant-based or different ones, um, or just collagen in there, but I've been exclusively using whey protein and have been too full to even finish a shake and then full for hours after. So very interesting. Um, whey protein promotes muscle growth. Okay. Muscle mass naturally declines with age, which usually leads to fat gain and raises the risk of many chronic diseases. So we want to replace 
the muscle mass that we're losing. If we want to keep our metabolism healthy and strong, if we want to keep our physique, you know, um, as close to what it is as possible. We don't want to, you know, gain a ton of fat as we age and lose a lot of muscle. So whey protein can help with that. Whey protein is also, um, cited to lower blood pressure. This is again, according to healthline.com. So this is due to something called, this is, I know we're getting a little more technical here and I had to look these things up bioactive peptides, which are called ACE inhibitors. And that is what can be attributed to way lowering blood pressure. It's also very effective in moderating blood sugar, which makes sense because it's keeping you full. You're not having, it's not, you know, it's protein. You're not having 60 grams of carbs and then crashing. So it keeps it nice and stable for you. And then, uh, the last tip I'm going to share is that whey protein can help reduce inflammation. And this was due to, it said high doses of whey protein supplements significantly reduced C-reactive protein, which is a key marker of inflammation in the body. So that was only five tips, um, five benefits that I pulled out of that article. That article, again, was on healthline.com and it had 10 total. I just don't want to go through all of them today, but you could see the rest of the article to check out the other benefits specifically of whey protein. And then last note, I want to say on protein in general, because this is probably the thing I get the most pushback on or most debate this and water. (laughs) I always get emails like, well, you're saying to drink 80 to hundred ounces of water, but my doctor said 40 ounces is fine. Or, you know, I, the average American diets or whatever the, you know, my food plate, whatever it is right now, food pyramid, my plate, da, 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 suggests 50 grams of protein. Okay. We all have, you know, there's going to be variants here, different viewpoints, conflicting viewpoints for the person who is strength training and who is trying to lose fat or maintain fat loss and have an athletic physique, an athletic approach. Okay. Which is what a lot of women want when they say lean and toned, you might want to look like, think like female volleyball player, like beach volleyball player and stuff like that's what you're probably going for. Something along those lines. They are not eating 40 grams of protein a day. So again, this podcast episode was not to just sell you on eating enough protein. I'm going to assume that you can get on board with that. But I happened to look at to this uh, physiopedia.com article and it talked about how protein ingestion stimulates muscle protein synthesis. There's that phrase again. And that the overall intake range recommended is 1.4 to 2 grams of protein per kilogram in body weight. Now, okay. I did the math on that because I usually hover somewhere around 150 in body weight when I am not pregnant. It's usually like 140 to 150 is my range. So I took even the top end of that. That's 68 kilograms times two. The top of that range of protein, 136 grams of protein, which is probably the most I do usually shoot for. But here's even the asterisk. So that's what like usually people who are encouraging athletes or trainers who are encouraging high protein diets, we're usually following somewhere along that scale, the 1.4 to two kilograms. I agree with that. I recommend that. Usually I usually, you hear me say all the time, I just try to make it simpler for those of us who think in pounds because I do, (laughs) I don't always like to do the conversion. So I usually say between hundred grams and your ideal body weight in protein and working up to that, not just sliding right up to that. But this article actually talked about how that has been the norm, but how new 
says new evidence proposes that higher protein intakes greater than three kilograms a day may have positive effects on body composition in resistance trained individuals. That is, it promotes the loss of fat mass. So saying that even up to three times your body weight in kilograms daily could be really good for fat loss and composition, all that. So very interesting. Again, most of us just need to wrap our heads around the idea that we even need as much as a, of a, as a hundred grams. And, you know, there's again, do what you then think is reasonable for you. That is what I typically do with anybody. If you're in a group program with me or one-on-one going to look at where you're already starting and then gradually encourage you to slide it up. And you are going to be shocked at how much easier it is to maintain your body composition, to change your body composition and to feel full. Like that's the number one thing I hear is like, oh my gosh, I feel so full, but I'm eating more. Like there's, (laughs) there's a reason for that. Your, your food quality matters, like eating higher protein versus higher carb or higher fat matters. And your, there was one other thing I was going to say about that and your quality of the protein matters. Like we're talking about today. So maybe, you know, just something to think about something to pursue more research on your own. And I hope you found this informative. All right. Next episode, we are going to talk about how you can save time while either achieving or maintaining a healthy lifestyle, because we all do not have time (laughs) to spend hours a day on meal planning, on workouts. So we're going to talk about how we can save some time. All right. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I will talk to you then. 